Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Earlier in his career, Drew was a very good quarterback at times great but he got hit a lot after dozens and dozens and dozens of vicious hits drew had started becoming human when there was real pressure coming at him he struggled a little bit he knew he was going to be hit and it looked like he would just freeze up and wait for the inevitable and of course i talked to scott pioli about it he goes scott come in here and he was watching film he goes this is it this is what we've been talking about and he goes drew he looks like a wildebeest under attack we knew that we had a problem and with tom he was the guy that we thought and truly believed was the answer I remember feeling confident because we'd had time to learn who he really was. So that was from episode two of the Dynasty on Apple TV Plus. Ernie Adams and also Scott Pioli channeling his inner Ernie Adams about the uh, the wildebeest comment there on Drew Bledsoe. Uh, good stuff. Excellent stuff. Honestly, I, I went in not wanting to... Similar to Man in the Arena, I went in saying, I'm not going to like this. And then the nostalgia wins me over, and I'm back in high school watching the Patriots in 2001, and it, it wins me over. It wins me over. And so the first two episodes dropped late last night. I watched them this morning. Mego's seen them. Arkan's seen them. Maybe a lot of you by now have seen them. If not, give you some highlights, give you some thoughts. Make sure you binge them. This weekend, another two episodes will drop a week from Friday. I just, from talking to Jeff, and, and Jeff really answered a lot of questions I had kind of behind the scenes about how it came about and how involved he was and some of the footage, and we were talking to him a little bit off the air too. I wasn't totally sold on some of the Cleveland footage, but how new that was and what we had seen in previous uh, documentaries and what we hadn't. But, you know, Brady's roommate on the handheld camera and Bill calling Tom Brady after he's drafted. There's a lot of stuff in there that we hadn't seen. So he cleared a lot of that up. I, I will agree to disagree with him on 
Robert Kraft and our definitions of meddling and and how heavy-handed he can be. And I do think there is a soft spot there for Kraft. How could there not be? He was around the organization and embedded in the organization for two years. So I understand all that. But I, I think Jeff answered quite a few questions about kind of the process and how it came about and what you can expect. And the one thing he says is very fair, and Mego, you pointed this out earlier, Kraft so far has not been painted in the greatest light. Like, it hasn't been the celebration and parade of Robert Kraft and his legacy. That may come later. I, I got to see the other episodes. But that hasn't been there. In fact, you said Robert is campaigning to keep Bledsoe as his quarterback. He's not even signing off on Tom Brady, which is the signature decision in franchise history. Never mind other episodes you've seen like Aaron Hernandez. I don't think they get into the stuff in Florida. But like, you know, Spygate and Deflategate and uncom- Trump uncomfortable subjects they're all they're all going to be tackled i I gotta break those down i gotta react to those but from what i've seen so far Kraft was not painted in the most flattering light at least on the brady decision right with the brady decision so if you haven't seen it it's not a spoiler to say that Kraft and drew bledsoe are both interviewed and they discuss how drew was feeling extremely um he was seemed to be feeling betrayed after he came back from being cleared from his injury and able to play football again, and they kept starting Tom Brady. And he goes to Robert Kraft and tells him how he's feeling, and Robert Kraft says, okay, I'm going to go talk to Bill. And he does, and you see the you know footage of them at practice together. It's not like they had the conversation right there, but it kind of demonstrates that there was a conversation, and he goes back to Bledsoe and says, you know, I don't think it's in our best interest to essentially meddle, for lack of a better term. But it does demonstrate that that Kraft is willing to exert pressure because at the end of the day, he's both of these guys' boss. And he did pay, like, let's not pretend like he didn't pay Drew Bledsoe $103 oh, million. He brags about it right, right so, in the beginning. Right. He brags about, I and just so gave this guy $100 you million. Know, dollars. Yeah. He, I, I think you're, you can't. You're a human being, okay? You spent a lot on this guy, and you brought in a new coach who had his butt kicked out of Cleveland, and everybody hated him there. And, you know, he was a laughing stock out there, and you see that in it. And then he he goes, you know, at the end of the day, like the important thing is that he gives Bill the latitude to fail, and he says, well, I'm going to keep him accountable. He says that to Drew. Who knows? You know, this is all 20 years later, 20-plus, but the important takeaway is Bill felt that pressure. Bill Belichick felt that pressure from Robert Kraft and still said, maybe, maybe because of that, said, I'm going with Brady. I'm yeah, doing it. That. And so, look, I, to me, if you're really hands off and you're really letting the football people make the football decisions, you don't get all messed up in that. And it's his right. He owns the team. He can do what he wants with it. But I, that's where I push back on it. It was also interesting seeing Bill being more of a team player back then, which he had to be. Like, he was smiling and joking with the, you know, when they asked oh, him, are you going to be going, sticking with stri- Brady? It's striking, Arkin, do you, is what it Do is, you yeah. reserve the right to change your mind? And he kind of laughs, and he's like, hey, I guess we'll see. You know, like, he never, hardly, except when Mark Dondero asked him a question, never, <laughs> ever once, uh, like, was like that, ever. And it's just, you know, to see him really kind of playing ball with the media and having a smile on his face, 
face and kind of give you know a little give and take and all of that, and sort of knowing that that was also the way he was in the building. Like I mean, he had the autonomy to do those things, but he was still playing nice with everybody because he was still on thin ice. He hadn't accomplished what he'd accomplished. He he wasn't able to say, "Hey, bleep you! I'm going to do it my way, and I don't care what you have to say about any of this." Until several years later. So I mean, that was that was interesting to see. No, it's a good point, and like he just. If you want to spin it forward to where we are now, and we'll do that with Kraft in this offseason coming up, but if you want to spin it forward to Bill and where things went south for him, did he become too insulated, and was he not enough of, as you said, Arkan, a team player, a human being? Like, he just, he, he, he just, he didn't have to answer to anybody. He thought he was right no matter what. And he wasn't willing to listen on anything or joke about anything or engage on anything that he felt was beneath him, whether it was his boss asking him to do it or the media, who I know listeners all hate. But, like, he wasn't going to do it. And he became more and more, you know, self-involved and believed in himself. And, you know, uh, the things I say all the time, He's he believes he invented football and his game plans in the Super Bowl. And this is what I did in 2001. And he felt untouchable and to the point where he's employing Patricia and judge as his offensive coordinators. And, you know, he's just running things into the, he's drafting Cole strange. Like you kind of see where he started human being able to joke. I mean, when he has conviction about something, he's going to make a decision, but he starts as a human being. And at the end, he's just like this gruff, stiff, crusty old guy. Who won't be second guessed on anything? He just he won't he won't be second guessed and he won't engage and like reserve the right to change my mind. But I'm not changing my mind. Like get out of my face. Like, and that's it, what he'd say. And now. it's like look, yeah, he's old, right. like he's older. He's <laughs> yeah. seventy. Like we all change. I get that. But I don't think it was just aging. I think it was well. Look at what I've accomplished. And who are you to second guess me? I think that ended up being a big part of Bill's downfall. And if I wanted, who knows? Maybe this is in episode three. But if I wanted like extra content out of this. I would love to hear more about what the judgment was between Ernie Adams and Bill Belichick on Drew Bledsoe. Because as we played just a couple minutes ago, that clip from the documentary of Ernie Adams and Scott Pioli doing the impersonation of Ernie Adams, calling him he a wildebeest. Like a wildebeest. <laughs> yeah. That's not you know, Ernie Adams. That's the, Scott Pioli impersonating Ernie the Adams. The second yeah. episode goes very much into how close Ernie and Bill have been forever. And so if Ernie Adams is back there crunching tape being like, we got to figure out any solution to Drew Bledsoe, I think that gives some indication of how Bill felt about having Drew Bledsoe as the starter even before the injury. And so I, I would like more of that because maybe that is part of, okay, Bill was surrounded with guys like that who he knew very well and who knew him very well and who could be honest with him and turn in and be like, hey, Drew's not it. Look we at him. He's a statue. We were not going with Drew Bledsoe as our starting quarterback. That's actually Ernie Adams, not uh, Scott Pioli impersonating Ernie Adams. So, look, we have our big question of the day up. You can engage. Uh, who deserves the most credit for the beginning of the Patriots dynasty? Is it Tom Brady, who's winning by a narrow margin over Bill Belichick? I think Robert Kraft's getting way too much of the vote. Uh, he's third ahead of Adam Vinatieri. We can give you some of the specifics coming up. You can vote at Jones and Mego. You can dial us up, 617-779-7937. And we are getting some of this. I think people are largely enjoying the nostalgia, but we are getting some of this. Jones, stop talking about the documentary. Jones, you're still talking about this Apple Plus documentary. I'm seeing that on Twitch and on the text line. I do think some of what we saw in the first two episodes, I haven't seen all 10. I do think some of what we saw applies to this offseason. It's very relevant. Robert Kraft and how much he'll get involved. We were just kind of tiptoeing around it. Let's play some of it for you. 
You can hear it for yourself if you haven't heard it yet. And I do think it applies to this situation. 2024, the quarterback at three, free agency, Mayo and Elliott Wolf, their tenures here in New England that have barely even started. How much pressure is Kraft applying? Is he meddling? I think you get your answers from these first two episodes. You'll get that right after trending with Arkan. I believe we have some updates on the Bruins and, yes. and Milan Lucic. Uh, so stay tuned for that, and we're right back with all your phone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Arkan is so emotional. He's like Mama Bear. You're Mama Bear for this team. I like Jones and the Mama Bears. It's Jones and the Mama Bears. Jones and the Mama Bears here on WEEI. We got a phone call. On WEEI. I mean, look, Drew hadn't played in several weeks. And Tom, he had played the previous however many games it was. Tom was, at that point in time, the most accomplished in running our offense. Bill Belichick discussing the decision to stick with Tom Brady over Drew Bledsoe back in 2001. Brady was, and let me just get this right in my notes, Brady was the most accomplished at running our offense. He didn't say he was better than Drew. It's not how he worded it. He said he was the most accomplished at running our offense. And so I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure I had heard Bill really say it that way. Maybe he had, and it hadn't jumped out to me in the past. You're the most accomplished at running our show. <laughs> that like, is true. when it has to be me or Arkan, I don't know. It's a different flavor, but you're the most accomplished. Yeah, that, this is true. That's true. Not as, no one said the best. Just the most just the most accomplished. That is true. Uh, so that was Bill Belichick in episode one. And out of what I've seen, Mego, you've seen more than us. Out of what you've Bro, seen. I couldn't help myself. The Patriots, Phantom Menace, episode one. Ernie Adams at one point did say we First weren't blood. We weren't the uh, evil empire yet. He did say that at one point. I bet Ernie Adams listens to a lot of sports stars. Spoiler alert. People get mad at the Patriots. Uh, Did anybody else call BS on Ernie Adams when he's like, I don't listen to sports talk radio. We're going to lose the final game in Foxborough Stadium. I'm afraid we're all going to get our butts handed to us. We're calling radio. When I have it on for about two minutes, I kick myself and say, you dummy, that's why you don't listen to it. I turn it off for another three weeks. BS. It's like the Twitch chat. Can we hear the fake radio again? Oh, I'm shutting shutting it off. I don't listen. That's the 
hear Twitch the chat. fake radio again? Yeah, yeah, these are fake takes. These aren't real takes. I, Fellas, listen. It, it, it's been an incredible listen. run. Almost a Cinderella story. But tonight, uh, I'm very concerned that we're going to turn into a big, fat pumpkin. The Raiders, they look sharp. Let's be honest, fellas. I mean, yeah, we're going to with that. With Brady and Belichick, we just can't match that. We're going to lose the final game in Foxborough Stadium. I'm afraid we're all going to get our butts handed to us. Yeah, no one talks like... No one... <laughs> No one said that. We're going to lose the final game. Oh, no. They're closing Foxborough Stadium. Fellas. 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 Look shop. It sure has been a nice run, fellas, but I am afraid we are going to lose. So those are not, I mean, the last game in Foxborough Stadium. Yeah. What a great. Home to all the zero championships they won. I mean, Kraft said it. Before Kraft (laughs) bought the team, they had hosted one playoff game in that stadium. I'm having a moment right now where I'm like, this is how my parents felt when they used to watch ER. Where they're like, that's not how it happens. That's not realistic. You mean the guy from Winnie the Pooh? What? <laughs> oh, my God. Pronounce it again? ER. That's not quite how you said it the first time. Okay. ER, oh, this show. Oh, <laughs> this, this show about working in medicine, and I'm hearing a fake radio take, and I'm like, that's not how it goes. That's so fake. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I don't know. Maybe they, they, they had access to plenty of stuff. Maybe they, maybe those are real calls for all. I know they don't, those don't sound real to me. The Raiders, they look shocked. Let's be honest, fellas. I mean, there's no competing with them. I've heard Dan and Picard say the exact same thing. Okay, I believe that's a caller. Real chat. I, I'm not sure I do. What, 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 that was like to the big show back in the day? I'm maybe. not sure. I, I don't, I don't hey, think so. It was so. the A-team. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not. I'm not sure that's what that was. Sarandis at night. I don't. I don't think so. Ted that doesn't Fred. sound like it. Load them up. <laughs> F your mother. Andy Moe's in the morning. That's not. That's not how people talk <laughs> that I've heard. Uh, so anyway, where was I going with all this? Oh yeah, like some of the stuff was. Uh, like, remember when the the face paint guy, you've seen him before? Yeah. Like, he paints the helmet on it. Have you ever heard that guy talk before? No, and I'm sad that I did. I'm sure he's a great guy, but it just, I don't know, it took away the mystique of being the face paint guy. Here's what, here's what I wrote in my notes. I wrote, face paint guy, dot, 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 jarring. Very well, like, he, like hearing his voice, balanced. Hearing his voice really threw me off. I didn't know that that was one person. I thought, like, a lot of people painted their face like that. I didn't realize that was just one guy who did you that. That was, like, the blue man group? Yeah, kind of. I thought there was like I thought there was like a bunch of them, you know, like it was like a bunch of guys who were bald. It was jarring. Who painted their face like that. Well, I didn't realize there was just one guy. Arca- Sometimes the Arcan revelations, like the stolen Playboy at the airport yesterday, yeah. which I'm still laughing about. Do you I still, know there's I only got a one tackle out of? I'm sorry time. to interrupt. You only know there's only one fireman Ed, right? You don't think there's like I'm a bunch of guys? Okay, I don't know what you know. Jesus. Sometimes the revelations of what goes on back there is uh, always very interesting to me. But uh, it was jarring to hear that guy talk for some reason. And if I, I also, this is another time I was yelling at my TV. I'm like, what, what are all these fans doing in here? Who are these guys? I, at least I knew the face paint guy. I know Bill Burr. Who were some of these other fans in the beginning? I was like, why are they talking so much? A couple of dudes. I was like, is this, <laughs> is this what the whole thing is? Unfortunately, it was just like the first couple of minutes. But like literally the first person they show, I think, is like some fan I've never heard of. Where's Fitzy? Let's be honest. Who's this guy? <laughs> Where's Fitzy? No, Fitzy. Where's no, Wiggy? Wiggy? Yeah. He's like, no one said no. They didn't even ask Wiggy. No well, comment. Wiggy, Wiggy's prominently featured in there. I mean, yeah, not, not in interview an setting, awesome but, in, catch. but in highlights, he's uh, he's in there quite a bit. When we've uh, we haven't gotten to the Super Bowl yet, where he gets a, a big catch on the final drive. Fellas, listen, I, I'm sure Wiggy's just fine with this. Fellas, listen. Wiggy's the one who wiped the uh, steam off the camera in the locker room. I think. <laughs> uh, so that was odd footage. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You can jump in. Uh, let's answer this before we apply. The first two episodes and what we learned about really Bledsoe and Brady and Kraft's involvement to how it applies to, I think, this offseason. Uh, who deserves the most credit for the beginning of the Patriots dynasty, Mego? Your options are Robert Kraft, way too high of a percentage. It's gone up since the start of the show. Way too high of a percentage. 
Brady or Bill, which is now a dead heat. It's a dead even. Or Adam Vinatieri. I'll give you the results coming up, but let's hear your answer first. Uh, absolutely, Bill Belichick. I go with Bill Belichick, and it goes back to what we were talking about just a couple minutes ago, which is Belichick made the decision. He ultimately made the decision to keep starting Brady when Bledsoe was available and Bledsoe was on a $103 million contract. And we find out that Robert Kraft is having his own conversations with Drew Bledsoe and then going to Bill and talking about how Drew feels. And Bill Belichick knew all of that. And Bill Belichick had just lost his job. At least uh, Scott Pioli paints it out as he lost his job in large part for moving on from another beloved quarterback in Cleveland. And so knowing all that, he sticks to his guns and he keeps Brady out there. And Brady wasn't the guy who he would be in later years, even a couple years later as a quarterback. But it was definitely the engine that was helping that team get to where they went. And so I think it's Bill Belichick. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what comes out in the next couple episodes because I haven't seen those. But for now, he's he's leading for me. Arkan, how'd you vote? I voted for Adam Matthew Vinatieri, and I just looked up his middle name so I could do that. But that is who I voted for, and I think it really, as much as I'd love to say that Bill Belichick's decision to go with Brady was the main thing, or that Brady, you know, playing well and and getting him to that point was uh, was important. All of those things are important, and I agree with a lot of what Mego just said about Bill and making that decision and sticking with him. And you know, I know that Brady had to obviously play well in order to to get him to that point. But when Vinatieri came out to kick that field goal to send it into overtime, that was the hardest play. I mean, Brady had to make some tough plays in that game. Nothing was as tough as that kick. No. That kick was the most ridiculous kick ever. It had no business going through, and they don't get to overtime, let alone win on another kick that he made, which was an easier one, but still, uh, in the snow. They don't even get there if he doesn't do that. So I'm putting it on the toe of Adam Vinatieri. He's most responsible. Okay, I'd put Vinatieri, too, and... The footage, I mean, it's it's game footage, but like I asked Brian this earlier, was was Zeke even born? Like, if you're young, you know, you're you're twenty something, and like you were too young to really watch these games in real time. Maybe you've heard about the snowball kick, and I'm sure you've seen the footage. It's good to get that reminder from time to time, where like you couldn't even see the football, like you couldn't even see it. Never mind hearing Vinatieri talk about it. I know he's done that a lot. I mean, this was its own interview, but he's talking bicep curls. He's talked about that <laughs> kick a lot when he's you know just benching eight billion pounds or whatever he's doing because he looks very fit How in this. Troy Brown, like Troy, what's going Troy, on with Troy the, Brown's this gotten team. oddly very fit. They're That's getting true. jacked, and so like that kick was massive. And so I'll put I'll put players, even a kicker, before I put the coach and definitely the owner. I'd go Brady. Because the answer is always Brady. It's always Tom Brady is the answer. Followed by Vinatieri, then Bill. And I would really make a case that Kraft gets 0%. Kraft should be getting 0%. I wanted to include him just to see what people were voting. I'd make a case it should be 0 for Kraft. Like, what What exactly did you do? You were you were asking for Drew Bledsoe to keep starting. And so uh, here are our results uh, right now. And Belichick has actually nosed in front in just the last handful of minutes. 41.3% of the vote, Bill Belichick. 40.5, Tom Brady. Brady's been ahead most of the day. It's been very neck and neck. Uh, but Bill is currently ahead of Brady. If you want to change that, at Jones and Mego on Twitter. Uh, you can vote there. Robert Kraft at 12% too high. Adam Vinatieri all the way down at 6.5%. Pathetic. <laughs> Arkan, such a hot taker, right? Really? 6.5%. What a hot take artist <laughs> back there. Just doing it for clicks. Uh, meanwhile, let's spin it forward to 2024. Because I do get fans who say, all right, the nostalgia's nice, and I'm eating the member berries, but... Ha- what does it mean for the team now and the situation the Patriots are in now? 
listen to this exchange. This is Jonathan and Robert discussing the Bledsoe decision and how they felt about it in real time. When Drew was cleared medically and Bill didn't put him back, I didn't feel good about it. And I felt that Drew was treated unfairly. People who have been loyal to us are like family. And Drew really was like a fifth son to my dad. And I watched him agonize over this whole thing with Drew. My dad could only imagine how that was eating Drew up inside. And he had so much personal affection for him, it made it doubly difficult. Drew came to see me. And we had a long chat, and I said, I'm going to talk with Bill. Okay, so he's going to have a long chat with Bill, and, you know, Drew comes up the back stairs, effectively, and I do think I, this is another thing I would agree with on Jeff. I, I, I agree with a lot of what he said, but, I mean, I did disagree with him on the framing of Kraft and his meddling, which I would push back on. The other, and he said, you know, it was it was Drew and his relationship, and if you had that relationship with ownership, who wouldn't exercise it? Fine. Still weaselly. To go right to the owner and behind your boss's back and say, and try to influence it and exert your own power over Bill. So Drew runs up the, the back stairs, and he tries to get Kraft to change his mind. And now you're going to hear Kraft followed by Scott Pioli on Bill's decision after having that chat with Drew. I came back and met with Drew in my office. And I said, look, Drew, I could tell him that I want you to start. If that's not what he wants to do, that's not in your or my best interest. If nothing else, he can mess it up and I can hold him accountable. We knew that we were gonna be held accountable. And I remember saying to Bill, we need to be careful. Because of what Drew's given to this organization, what he's given to this fan base, the hope that he has given so many people. If we don't handle this right, we've seen that movie before. He's referencing Cleveland and the Bernie Kosar decision with all the pathetic Cleveland fans that they show crying about Bernie Kosar, who stunk. And so... To me, this is very relevant to this offseason. Like, how is Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft, and maybe Robert and Chloe's how, how are they going to let it be known what they want done? And how much are they going to meddle and how hands-on they're going to be? It feels like they were pretty hands-on. Like, during the Bledsoe decision, they were very hands-on. Now, did they tell Bill, you have to do this? No. But they were very involved. They made their view very clear. And there were stakes if you don't do what I want, the implication, like, what do you think he meant when he said, um, we're going to hold you accountable? Means you're probably not going to have a job here this anymore. This is what I think. And so it's like you make the stakes very clear and you make your opinion known. And look, I'm not going to tell you what to do, Bill, but I am going to tell you what I think. And if it doesn't work out and you're not right, you're done. Like, to me, that that is meddling. That's being very involved. That's being quite hands-on. It's not calling the actual shots, but it's as close as you can get. This is a total out of nowhere, but it just occurred to me. So we see that there is a <laughs> a pattern of quarterbacks going to Robert Kraft. Brady did Drew it. Drew Bledsoe did it. Yep. Here. Brady they talk it. about it. Brady did it. That's well documented. 
Do you think there was ever a time when Mac went to Kraft? Great question. Yes, absolutely. When Patricia's brought in and they're butting heads and Joe Judge, according to the Boston Herald, is at the point where he's not even allowed to talk to members of the offense anymore by Halloween of that year because it's so disruptive. This I'm saying this is totally out of nowhere. I'm just looking at the pattern. Is it possible that Mac yes. went to the Crafts? Probable. Not possible. Probable. What's the what is that? I mean, Mego, I know we talked about this at the time. We talked about it kind of mockingly when Volan was like, the Crafts love Mac. He's at the white well, party they love or whatever all their it was. Quarterbacks. They're all sons. Right, but like, I don't know. What do you think they're talking about in the Hamptons? Just like, hey, this drink's pretty good. Or I don't know. That's like, right. He was at Robert Kraft's Dave Matthews band party. So, like, yes, I think it's probable. Mac Mac Jones does plenty of whining. You don't think he ran up the back steps and whined to the owner? Just like Ble- and Brady did it. Bledsoe did it. It's clear Bledsoe did it. We know Brady did it. I, I guarantee you Mac did it. I think hey. he did it. I also think that there was a stronger relationship with him and the Crafts early on. I think that that was a, uh, I don't know, it was a move that Kraft dictated they had to make, but I think that at the time they sort of looked at Mac like he was going to be the future of the team and that there was a, a real sort of thing. There was an open line of communication. They weren't it's bi- not like he just sort of They were in literal in business with him. Noble. Right. They were in literal business with Mac Jones. They had plenty of opportunities to speak to him. If it went differently, Jonathan would be talking about how Robert actually has seven sons. It was, <laughs> Bledsoe's the fifth one. Brady's the sixth one. The text line pointed this out earlier. Where's Mike Reese on there? And then you also have maybe Mac Jones, but he never officially was adopted Instead by he's the, the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, to answer your question, I know it's a tangent, but it's a good question. Yeah, I think it's probable Mac did that. Yeah. So, because, you know, we look at this and it's over 20 years ago. So you go, how much of that is still carrying weight today? And I don't know. I just, I. I know that there have been conversations before about the Crafts saying, oh, you should go get a quarterback with that 15 pick. And ultimately, I think Bill owns that pick. Bill owns that pick. Okay, so if you don't like Mac, I don't I don't buy into Bill was strong armed into taking Mac Jones. I think Bill probably would have been okay with Davis Mills. I think Bill probably would have loved to have a shot at a different guy. Like if Micah Parsons was around there at 15, which he was never going to be, but if he was around there, you're probably going Micah Parsons, Davis Mills. But you you believe that the Crafts made it known that offseason that, hey, if you can get a quarterback, we sure would like it, right? Yeah. Me Again, that, that, that's, that comes down to, and we talked to um, Jeff about this just a couple of minutes ago, the definition of meddling is asserting your your pressure or making your opinion known when you're the boss and you're the one that pays everyone and employs everyone, is that meddling? So to me, yes, especially because Kraft frames it as, I let the football people do what they want. Well, ultimately, he does. Okay, but... He did with Bill. I know, but he also, like, Arkan... It just ends up that if it doesn't go their way, they may not be the football right. people Ar- there anymore. Arkan, as I said earlier, if Cindy goes, hey, do this or I divorce you... A cat does do this or I divorce. I mean, that's basically the ultimate, the, the football equivalent of the ultimatum that was given. So, like, I don't know. That feels like meddling to me. He didn't force Bill to do it, but he said, hey, if this gets screwed up, it's sticking to you. You're being held accountable. I'm blaming you, you know? In so, fairness, it's been a couple weeks since Cindy said that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Mr. Who says, hey, you know, uh, uh, bring home my favorite snacks on uh, Valentine's Day or I'm calling off the wedding. Like, I don't know, that's kind of a similar ultimatum. And so just don't tell me you're just totally hands-off and you let them do what they want. And you just sit over here and you just set the budget and then the football ops just does what you're running down and telling football ops your opinion. 
That that's getting involved, and, and I can hold him accountable. It's letting people know. <laughs> Why? Well, okay, the music there is menacing. Let's hear it again. Uh, if nothing else, he can mess it up, and I can hold him accountable. It is. It's like a mob movie. <laughs> like what's he gonna? He's gonna be wearing cement shoes. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. Godfather theme starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bill's gonna be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I don't know. I mean that. When you're making it that clear, and this is where it applies to the quarterback this offseason, it's like, hey, Gerard and Elliott, uh, I'd really like a quarterback at three. And if you don't get one, I'm going to hold you accountable. Like, what does that mean? To me, like, I, I do I have the autonomy to do what I want? I guess I can draft a tackle. But if that tackle sucks or if I pass on Jaden Daniels and he lights it up for the Falcons or the Raiders or whomever, and I might get fired like that, you're exerting your pressure for a reason trying to get your way. I that's, agree. That's, but that's meddling. The slight difference I would say there is is that they would give him a chance with whatever pit. They're not going to say, pick a quarterback or you're fired. But they're going to say, if this doesn't work out and the other guy is good. Like that's, it's not like you ha- they'll give him a chance to let their decisions play out before they, yeah, before they how act long, on How long? Like Something year, else maybe? just occurred to me. Do you think Elliot Wolf? <laughs> I know. Bear with me. Already know. Is taking a page out of Bill Belichick's book. And now that he's ascending to whatever role it appears he's in, GM, whatever, bringing in half the staff, at least the new staff here, so that, hey, even if I do what you say and I go get a quarterback and the quarterback stinks, good luck ousting me because now everything's connected to me here. Uh, Interesting. So he is he like inoculating himself by being the only person who has any relationships outside of the building? No, it's a fair point. Uh, and look, except the li- they did just kick Bill right out the door and kept everyone else. So well, I it mean, took quite a while. It, it did, did, but you know, he also won all these championships. Like if Elliot Wolf and the, the Patriots win a bunch, then he'll probably the get of, the same leeway. The lack of title works in his favor in some ways too. Now internally, everybody probably knows what's what, but right now it looks like the Crafts are filling the power vacuum, right? It's like, is it Elliot Wolf? Is it Matt Groh? Is it Jonathan? Is it Robin Glazer? Is it Robert Kraft? Is it collaborative? Yeah, or is it the one who said, I want to get my team back? You know, like, it's probably that. So the lack of a title probably works in his favor that way, too. Maybe he wants the lack of a title for now. Maybe the Crafts don't want to pay him. Maybe the Crafts are waiting to see how he does with it. And, you know, he's in a probationary period. Maybe, you know, they're waiting because to do a full-on interview process, you have to satisfy the Rooney rule. Like maybe there's a variety of reasons for it, but the the lack of a title may work in his favor, along with him being connected to most people within the organization. Look, Elliot Wolf has hired like half the staff, or at least has supplied well, the built the bodies in the people, building. Right, the people have connections to him for sure, for sure. But I don't know. I mean, who are, are we sure he's in charge? Like we think he's in charge, but are we sure? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just connecting the dots. No, I mean, no. Reports are it looks like Elliot Wolf's going to be the guy in in command. Maybe right? they'll bring in somebody else. They're not coming else out after. and saying that. But I'm saying, but until he gets that title, we yeah. don't really know. Until he sits up there with it's the like, crafts and they say, "Here's our guy." Great. Like, he hired some scouts and a couple of guys on the coaching staff. Who's picking at three? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. And I can hold him accountable. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that's where it's going. Uh, we'll get to all your feedback coming up, and we have triple play next. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play. 
The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. With Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples is best. Gotta have triples or the other stuff's not true. And the 99 is cooking up new hearty flavors for the season. Try the new braised short ribs with robust wine sauce, caramelized onions, and mushrooms. You gotta love the nines. Jones and Mego, it's Friday, making it a fill-in-the-blank Friday. So let's fill in some blanks. Number one. Mego, we will start with you. Other than Tom Brady, if you could take one player from the 2001 Patriots and put them on the 2024 Patriots, it would be blank, and the player is the age they were in 2001. Your uh, hero, Adam Vinatieri, because Ooh. I think that's how they're going to be scoring a lot of points this year. <laughs> Probably. A lot of field goals, and also, now that we know that he can weight train like this in this modern age, <laughs> he might, uh... if you see him, that guy is yoked and jacked. He might get the Jimmy Garoppolo suspension these days. <laughs> yeah, he was doing that. Seriously. He gets twelve games. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a fullback. Like he, like you know, he looks, he looks, he looks like Herschel Walker. Yeah, seriously. Who we famously tackled one. He looks jacked. So, uh, Vinatieri's a great one. Uh, the team needs receivers. Troy Brown was really good that year, and Troy Brown was. I, he did make a Pro Bowl or two, right? I mean, I think I think he made a Pro Bowl that that year actually in two thousand one. Very, very short window where he was highly productive, but he was always very solid, always very reliable. I, I'd like them to shoot higher than that in free agency. That was his only Pro Bowl. Yeah, so, but he, but he had, didn't he have like a hundred catches or something approaching it? Uh, yeah, hundred and one reception. Yeah, so so Brown was excellent that year. He really was a lot of the offense. He was involved on special teams later in his career. Of course, he played defense as well, but he was huge on the final drive in the Super Bowl. Troy Brown would be my pick. You wouldn't take uh, Bledsoe as a bridge? No, that's a good that's a good question. Bledsoe, this team could use. I mean, I guess uh, you know we can't take Brady. Uh, Steve used Terry Glenn too. Yeah, but Glenn, he was kind of fading off at the end there. Bledsoe, he was hurt that year too. Wasn't well, he, Did he, was he like, get hurt? No, he was like I thought he was like suspended. Yeah. yeah, it was a whole thing. And why didn't they release him? I think there was some money involved with that. Like one thing I will say, I meant to say this earlier. How. You want to talk about the crafts being cheap? You see that friggin' hotel, the end zone, the end zone yes. motel. God. So like, I Truck stop. okay, like it no, no, no. looked like so, you only go there to murder people. Okay, so but I remember driving past that as a kid. I never set foot inside there, and when I saw the footage, I'm like, Jesus! Like the footage out the back window. I think it was the I think it was Brady's uh, roommate, Dave Nugent, before they moved in together. And this is yeah. training camp, right? I mean, this is training camp in preseason. This isn't in the season, but like. Holy smokes, you want to talk about uh, 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 something to use against the Crafts for what they invest in the team? That friggin' thing was Okay, a dump. so when I was watching that, I immediately thought about those Pete Carroll comments that came out like seven months ago bologna where he was sandwiches. talking about the bologna sandwich yeah. diet at <laughs> Gillette. Good call. Well, it wasn't Gillette then, in Foxborough. The bologna sandwich and that dump of a hotel. Uh, but anyway, Troy Brown would be my answer. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody. I mean, the guys on defense were really good. Mm. You know, Law and McGinnis and Bruski, like they had Malloy. great players on defense. Seymour yeah. was a rookie. Malloy was great. Um, but I would take Troy Brown. All right, let's get to our second fill in the blank. Number two. All right, Jalen Brown tomorrow night is going to blank the dunk contest. Jones, what's he going to do in the dunk contest? Win. I can't believe Arkan. You don't think he's going to win the dunk contest? I think Mac McClung will repeat. So I didn't even know this. I thought Obi Toppin changed his name. I didn't realize that Obi Toppin has a like younger... Like Giancarlo Stanton. I had no idea. I had no clue. I thought this was Obi Toppin, who's at least been in dunk contests before. This is his brother. 90% of our audience doesn't even know who Obi Toppin is. This isn't Randy Moss masquerading as his brother, Jacob. No, no, no. This is a real Jacob so Toppin. his brother is in the G League. Mac McClung is in the G League. Like, Jalen's barely even in the NBA dunk contest. He's in the G League dunk contest. He should absolutely win, and if he doesn't, that's embarrassing, and that's why these superstars don't do it. I think 
if you're really asking me what I think, I think the judges are going to be very heavily skewed to Jalen Brown. If he's missing all his dunks, you can't give him 50s. Right. But I think they're going to be very, very, very friendly to Jalen because they know Jalen's doing it. They're trying to get more stars in it. If they grade him harshly and he doesn't win and he looks like a chump, no one else is going to want to do it. They're going to go very easy on Jalen uh, and his dunks, which is why I think he's going to win. The rims are the same height in the G League, right? Uh, I was going to say, if it's a G League dunk contest, advantage Jalen because he's used to dunking on the big boy. It's one. true. Like it's not like the Y where I go in on a Sunday and lower the hoop down to eight feet for Lucas. It's like I think it's still a so regular like Vinsanity yeah, all over again. It's the same. It's the same level hoop. I think. Yeah. I'm going to say save the dunk contest. Save the dunk contest. I'm going nice. well above. And here's how you do it, Jalen. Okay going to take a little production value but that's okay i like this all right so turn down the lights in there okay lights are low play a little lullaby tatum's we know involved yep tatum walks deuce out to midcourt there's a little blanky set there lullabies playing uh jaylen takes out the very a very hungry caterpillar <laughs> reads it to tatum this is great. the worst dunk ever no so great great, great bedtime end, story <laughs> goes Boom. Launches over Deuce Tatum. You can't sit up, Deuce. Night-night, Deuce. You're getting a proper bedtime, okay? You sit up, little buddy boy. You know what happens? Boom. Jalen kicks you in the head. Uh, I like it. That's called a Deuce dunk. I mean, I like... I like, a deuce. I like sending yeah. Deuce to bed. Where's the game again? Indy? Indy, yeah. yes. Okay, so it's not like it's on the West Coast. I like the idea of sending Deuce to bed and like, like calling out Jason Tatum for, you know, just having no rules whatsoever. Like I get it, it you know. It's and then, the All-Star and game. then Tatum comes out and shakes Jalen's hand and says, yeah. "Thank you." Yeah, be a little, be a little liberal with bedtime. So now, a, now, can you get him to eat vegetables? <laughs> it's a Friday night. I for me right now, it's a Saturday night when the dunk contest is. Like I get being a little liberal uh, here and there on bedtimes, but like when the kid's falling asleep in his seat, put him to bed. I hope that's what Jalen does. You know who else loves the hungry, hungry uh, caterpillar? Hi everyone, my name's Dan Campbell, and I'm the head coach of the Detroit Lions, and I'm excited to celebrate March is Reading Month with you by sharing one of my favorite books, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Look, it's a good book. That's a, that's a timeless class. Yeah, that caterpillar sure is hungry. Carl, <laughs> Eats through everything. What's Carl? Carl is the author? I don't know. Earl? On Thursday, he ate through four strawberries, and he was still hungry. Look at all this food that he's eating. He's hungry. <laughs> that is a crazy... Eric Carl. Eric Carl. Crazy caterpillar. We should redo this with our can. What? A very hungry, very hungry oh, like a, like a, yeah, and he's just eating through sandwiches. On from Friday, Sticky's. he ate through five oranges, but he <laughs> was still hungry. It's I'm like, into that. It's like when Sarge read the uh, the Danny Amendola social media post about oh, breaking yeah. up with uh, uh, Olivia Culpo. Culpo. Yes, that was that was great. Uh, all right, let's get to our third fill in the blank. <laughs> Number three. All right, the Bruins uh, have a trade deadline coming up. Are in the midst of a three-game losing streak. They've lost four out of their last five. Mego, the Bruins' number one priority at the deadline should be blank. Figuring out how to win again. <laughs> <laughs> they stink now, apparently. Like what happened? I don't know. The Panthers caught them. The Panthers are caught I up know. to them in the Atlantic. Yep. Like I've been very bullish on the Bruins, and like they're going to go farther than last year, and I have no concerns. But like this last week has shaken me a little bit. Four out three in a row, and four out of five they've lost. And the Panthers caught him. Don't like it. Yeah. I mean, look, I've been saying for several weeks now, I think they need to trade and get a defenseman, which I still feel. But the, more importantly, they need to figure out how to win again because they're sucking recently. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i with you on defensemen. Uh, they have not scored a ton lately, which is making me want to swing back to, to more power up front, hopefully in your top six. But I'll still lean defensemen. They, they better do something at the deadline. Hopefully, what if, hopefully this isn't an excuse for Sweeney to do nothing. What if Jalen does something with his swimming exercises? Like, what if they bring out an aquatic tank 
that Jalen swims in and he's like a merman. And he comes up and dunks out of the merman. tank. Merman! Merman! Like yeah, like he's, he's uh, uh, why am I blanking on the movie? What the hell? The Ben Stiller. Uh, uh, Zoolander. Zoolander, Jesus. Yeah. Zoolander. I was like, Thank are you me. actually trying to think of that movie? Yes. You were just quoting I was about to it. say yes. Deuce Bigger. No, no, I, like, I, know that's I could quote it. I couldn't, I couldn't think of the name because I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, like he, w- like he would be, uh, yeah, exactly. Zoolander. Recreate that. Merman. Merman. Cool story, Hansel. <laughs> I like it. I, Megos thought up some pretty good dunks for Jalen. You thought the first one was a little uh, snoozy there, Arkin? You didn't like it? I mean, Literally. it's just a lot of a lot of buildup with lullabies and all that stuff. He ate through one piece of chocolate cake, but it's but really one it's, ice cream cone. Really, it's an intervention though for Tatum as a parent. True. Is really what it is. It's like you would sacrifice winning the dunk contest to have a real like for the record intervention with Jason Tatum and his parents. Doesn't really bother me. Like it doesn't bother me that Tatum's at the late games. I like babies at the podium and stuff like that, so it doesn't bother me. Put your kid to bed. Put your kid to bed. Uh, 617-779-7937. We'll continue with all your feedback coming up. And uh, let's get to a bleak outlook for the Patriots in terms of their roster. Daniel Jeremiah, draft expert, uh, had, a, a, again, a very bleak, not a very rosy outlook for the Patriots and their roster. We'll get to that with all your phone calls next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 